Hey everybody, what's up? It's uh, Friday the 22nd. Uh, sorry for the late late release of this podcast. It's been a real busy week. Uh, we're having trouble getting, making some time for Coach. Coach has been real busy uh, helping with the move. The uh, academy, Cascade Jiu-Jitsu, that we train at is currently in the middle of a move. We are moving... Uh, Locations not far, right across the street from our current location, but you know, moving can be a, a big task. So, coach has been really busy uh, helping with that move. And uh, so, with that being said, I, I'm I'm flying solo for, for this podcast here today. So, hopefully, uh, I don't screw it up too much and uh, we can get started. It was not. Uh, last weekend was not a very big weekend for fights, uh, which was good for me uh, because we had a UNLV home game, which means I don't get to watch the fights uh, on Saturday, so it takes me a while to get caught up, and uh, <clears throat> with not having as many fights as we had the, the prior two weeks, it didn't take too long, but then, like I said, scheduling conflicts. So I guess it really didn't matter. But uh, we can start off with uh, fight night, UFC 244. Uh, the first bout was Marcus Perez and Wellington Terman. Uh, Perez was throwing a lot of spinning strikes, you know, a lot of spinning elbows and kicks while Terman was trying to come forward, walking Perez down. Uh, both fighters having some success standing up. But Terman did score a takedown in the second and third rounds, giving him the win. Uh, he's 16-3 and has won fast five of his last six. Like I said, uh, it not not a very exciting fight. Nothing real, real major. Just you know, one thing about I've noticed about uh, ESPN taking over or merging with the uh, UFC. You know they they have so many fights now. It seems like they have fight nights every every weekend. It's kind of it seems like the fights are a little watered down. There's it's just it's kind of like you know the old school Friday night boxing. It was just no major fights, nothing you really got fired up to see. But it was just something to keep you busy uh, watching every week. So that's kind of like what fight night seems to be. It's kind of like the old Friday night fights. Uh, second round was Antonio, or uh, second fight bout was Antonio Arroyo and Andre uh, Muniz. Uh, Arroyo is nine and two. Muniz was eighteen and four. In the middleweight. Uh, another boring fight. Uh, Muniz managed to use his jiu-jitsu to keep the fight on the ground most of the time, uh, where he had the advantage. Uh, the closest thing to any real action was in the first round. When Royal came out throwing some hard strikes right off the bat, moving forward, but Muniz was able to get an arm on Royal and attempt the armbar submission. Uh, you know, Muniz fought out of it, or Royal fought out of it, and uh, but Muniz used his uh, grappling skills to, to take control from bottom position until the ref stood them up. Uh, late in the round, taking away position from Muniz for a knee strike to the face. Uh, you know, they're saying that uh, 
the knee strike to the face was uh, while the opponent had a knee down. So that's why the ref stood him up. Uh, but when you look at the replay, it looks like uh, both knees were actually up. I mean, it was close. You know, he was he was looked like he was going down, but I think both knees were up when the knee struck. But uh, that was neither here nor nor there. They 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 fought on, and uh, yeah, it was just it was a boring fight. It was just you know, Muniz gets the the unanimous decision, uh, but nothing real, nothing really to write home about on that fight. Uh, then we had uh, the Charles Oliveira and uh, Jared Gordon fight. Oliveira's 27-8, and eight. Uh, Gordon's 15-3, and three. this is a lightweight division. This fight was real quick. Uh, Gordon caught, caught him with an overhand right, putting him down, uh, but he got right back up, but he was hurt. Got back up, but he was hurt, only to get caught with an uppercut, putting him right back down for good. So that fight didn't last very long. That was a first-round knockout. Uh, then we had Shogun Hua Rua uh, and Paul Craig, uh, light heavyweight. Uh, this was the co-main. Um, it was a split draw. Uh, I think Craig did land more strikes. Uh, but most of the fight was on the ground uh, where Shogun was on top position. Uh, Craig did do well from guard, uh, but it was, you know, it's not a jiu-jitsu tournament. You get credit for being on top, or you should get credit for being on top. Um, and uh, I thought that's where uh, who would get more credit from from that top position. Um You know, all uh, first round, uh, most of the round seemed like a battle of position from up against the cage. I think Craig got the better of opportunities from the standing position, landing the po uh, punches. Uh, round two, Shogun took Craig down and controlled uh, the round from the top position with some of the ground pound. Uh, Don't know if I can say controlled as Craig was working well from the guard. Uh, you know, like I said, that they tend to give more credit uh, from a top position. Uh, but Craig was working good from the guard. Uh, so I, it just depends on, on, what, the, on what the judges think. Um, third was much like the second until... The last 30 seconds or so when Craig got up, attacked uh, uh, Shogun. Uh, the last 30 seconds, Craig got up, attacked Shogun, landing some strikes and taking uh, Shogun down. But you know, I don't know if it was enough or not. Uh, then... We had um, Jan Black. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna butcher his name. Blackowitz, Blackowitz, and uh, Jacare Sosa. Um, this fight, I think Blackowitz did enough from the standing position to get the win. Uh, 
Jacare did have periods in a few of the rounds where he pinned Blachowicz up against the cage and looked like he was in control of those situations. Uh, I don't think he really did any real work while in those situations from the inside. Kind of a boring fight. Uh, but I, I thought Blachowicz should get the win. So, uh, and, and, and he did. You know, that was, like I said, it was a real boring card. Nothing, uh, yeah, not a real boring card, to be honest with you. Uh, then we also had uh, Bellator uh, going on uh, that weekend. Uh, Vander, Vanderford and Bo, Balls and Young. God, I'm butchering these guys' names. Uh, middleweight fight. Middleweight fight. Uh, Vanderford is the husband of Paige Van Zant. Um, I think Bosnian uh, round one, uh, Vanderford round two, and then Vanderford using his explosive wrestling to take Bosnian down in the third, where he kept top control for what I think was the win, and Vanderford did uh, end up winning by unanimous unanimous decision, uh, moving him to nine and zero, three and zero in Bellator. Uh, was really impressed uh, with Vanderford's explosiveness and he has a lot of energy and very explosive a lot of explosive speed and power uh, it just it just it, man it, it puts me in, in a, just brings back memories you know now now at my age uh, I, I can see those opportunities you know coming from a wrestling background uh, for four years back in high school you know, right now when I get in, in grappling, I, I see those opportunities and my mind says, now here's the time to shoot or here's the time to explode. And and uh, just because my mind's saying it, my body, my body's like, hold up, hold up. Not so fast. Uh, slow down there. Slow your roll. Uh, so it's kind of fun to see uh, an athlete, uh, an athlete of that uh, that's capable of, of using that, that explosive power and speed like that. It's it's fun to watch. It really is fun to watch. Uh, and then the other cool thing is we had a uh, part one of a father-son uh, duel. You know, father-son fighting on the same card. Uh, and the first uh, to come out was uh, the father, uh, 46-year-old Haim Gazaki. Uh, he was fighting Arthur Pronin. Um, Haim is trained by Renzo Gracie, longtime student of Renzo Gracie, so you know his jiu-jitsu is on point. Uh, the other thing I like about Haim is uh, 46 year old. Yeah, I'm uh, 49, so he's part of the uh, the old school. I, I I always root for the older guys. Uh, old man strength, old man power. Haim. Um, Gazali uh, won via uh, via the heel hook. Uh, Pronin was definitely the faster, stronger fighter, you know, and it looked like uh, Gonzali was was uh, he looked like he was getting a little tired, a little gas, but you know I know that feeling, uh, being in my upper upper or late forties, I should say. Um, but yeah, you know, going in that second round, it, it looked like uh, Gonzali was getting gas and. But Pronin made the mistake of uh, going to the ground uh, with the, the longtime Gracie student. And uh, Gonzali took, uh, 
took advantage of it, uh, catching prawn in with the hill hook uh, to get the win. And then uh, immediate, immediately following that fight was uh, his son, Aviv Gonzali, who was fighting. Ooh, this this one is going to... I'm sorry if I... Fatulizare. Zaka Fatulizare. Ooh, I know I butchered that one. Um, uh, Aviv has the record coming into the fight. Aviv has the record for the fastest sub in Bellator history. I believe it was a hill hook in 11 seconds. And wow, he did not disappoint in this fight as he won uh, via Anaconda choke in 56 seconds of round one. So he, uh, yeah, he, he looks. He looks really good, really exciting. Uh, so it was really cool to see both father and son uh, get wins uh, on the same card. Uh, I, I I really really liked that. That was I thought that was really really cool. And then uh, we had Roger Huerta versus Sydney Outlaw. Uh, you know, it was round one was pretty much a fight for. Uh, position control uh, you know round two outlaw scoring takedowns getting top position but where uh, Huerta was doing good work from standing uh, good work striking from the bottom position I should say um, and then round round uh, three was pretty much the same as round two um, oh we had a little interruption there guys I'm sorry um I mean, we were talking about the Huerta outlaw fight. Um, like I said, born fight. Outlaw got the win uh, via unanimous decision. Uh, then we had the uh, Bellator 234 main event: uh, Vassell versus Kritnit, Krit, Kritinov, Kritnitov. Um You know, it was it was an uneventful first round. Second round, Vassell took Sergey down, got on top of his back, and just started pounding on, on Kritnatov's head until the referee stepped in and stopped it. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a fight, fight just ended real quick in the second round. Uh, you know, boring first round. Um, Kritnatov uh, came into the fight with notable wins over the likes of uh, Matt Mitrione, uh, Fabricio Verdum, uh, Roy Nelson, Overeem, Orlovsky, but uh, today it just looked like at age 39, it looked like his age was catching up to him. He just lo- he looked real slow. Um, it you know it, it unfortunately for fighters it, it age just kind of sneaks up on you. One day you're looking like a a whirlwind, and then. Uh, the next day, you just you're looking like like your your body can't keep up with your your mind, and that's that's pretty much how that that looked and how that fight went. A uh, couple things uh, coming out of that fight that got me thinking. Uh, you know, traditionally in MMA, and I I was always pretty much in agreement. Uh, traditionally in MMA. The fighters get a lot of credit for top position, uh, meaning if 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 fighter A has fighter B in their guard, excuse me, fighter B usually gets 
credit for being on top. You know, you can ground and pound in MMA. That's considered uh, controlling the situation, I, I should say, I guess. Um, unlike in jiu-jitsu, where jiu-jitsu, if you got someone in your guard, uh, you're pretty much the one considered uh, in control. And <laughs> i got to be honest with you, uh, uh, that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. I, I just... It drives me nuts that someone can pull you in guard and 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 considered be, to be winning the fight. Uh, it's just, you know, I guess coming from a wrestling background, it, it just, it's, it's still awkward for me, still odd. So I always kind of sided more in the wave of, of how MMA does it, uh, where as long as you're on top, you're considered uh, to be in control. But... While watching these fights over this weekend, there was two fights for sure, possibly three, where I, I, I felt the the fighter who who pulled guard, uh, and I use pulling guard for lack of better vocabulary when it comes to it, but the fighter who, who pulled guard, it, to me it looked like they were in control. So, you know, one of them was even landing a lot of strikes from the guard position, uh, you know, outstriking his opponent, and then the other one, you could tell he was, he was completely in control of the situation from from that guard position, where, where the other fighter was trying to, trying to get out or or he couldn't use his ground and pound because, you know, fighter A was actually in control from that guard position, and, and you know, in MMA they don't get credit for that, but I'm thinking, it so it led me to think, well, why not? If they're in guard position, just because they're on their back, why, why should they automatically uh, be looked at in a negative way? I, they were in control. And like I said, one of them was actually landing strikes from that position. Um, so, you know, I don't know. What, what what are your guys' thoughts on that? You know, how do you feel about that? You know, maybe you could shoot us a, a, a an email. Um at uh, fisticpod at yahoo.com and uh, share your thoughts on that one. You know, should 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 MMA start to look at that differently uh, on how they give credit to a fighter who's on his back in, in guard? Uh, I'd, li- I'd like to know what your thoughts are on that one. Uh, and uh, the other thing was... Uh, just how much I was in awe of that explosiveness, that wrestling explosiveness, um, especially for us, you know, older fighters, you know. Uh, now I'm pretty much just trying to get control, get the top position, and and, and ride it out, you know. Ho- hopefully you make a mistake. Um, there there comes a time, there comes a time in, in, in our, uh, you know, I won't. I. I don't know if I can say careers because you know, obviously I'm not a, a fighter. I don't fight for money, but you know I do roll pretty. I do roll every week, and and there comes a time in in our life when we have to have to uh, change our game. It, you know, we can no longer rely on that speed and explosiveness, and uh, and have to change our game up a little bit and and try to. You know, get get positioned, stay heavy, and 
try to take control while waiting for our opponent to make to make mistakes. Kind of interested to see how some of you, some of uh, you older listeners, you know, if you if you uh, roll at all in jujitsu, uh, how you kind of changed your game over the years, how how that trans transition went for you. Uh, interested in hearing about that, so you know maybe you can shoot us an email uh, about that as well. You know, like I said, it's uh, fisticpod at yahoo.com. Uh, other than that, there's not much going on. I, I saw that uh, you know LFA is being picked up by UFC Fight Pass. You know, I don't know exactly how they're going to work that format anymore. Uh, LFA was kind of cool. LFA was. Like how I was saying earlier, it was kind of like the Friday night fights, you know, it was, it was uh, regional fights. Uh, they went around all over the country and, and would show uh, regional fights, but it was always nice to see some of the up-and-coming uh, talent, you know, and then from there you'd, you'd see it move on to Bellator or whatnot, and, and it was just a lot of good fights, a lot of good regional fights, and it was always fun uh, listening to to Militech uh Call fights. He he's fun to listen to. I, th- I thought he did a really good job, and he was fun, fun to, uh, to listen to. I don't know if, if they'll have him back, uh, calling the fights uh, on Fight Pass, but but kind of looking forward to LFA uh, coming back. Um, the other thing is, uh, saw social media yesterday that uh, Mayweather uh, posted a picture. Uh, of himself and his boxing trunks just shredded you know but he's he's known to to be a workout fiend where he stays in shape year round but uh teasing about uh comeback in in 2020 and uh then there was another uh post on social media by Dana White uh or seemed to kind of confirm it, where they said, "Hey, come back, coming out of retirement in 2020, uh, to do big things with with uh, UFC and Dana White." So, you know, you got Dana White posting it, Mayweather posting it. So now, now everyone's wondering what's going on. I I personally don't think Mayweather's gonna come back and fight. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know, I, I maybe they're talking about co-promoting. A, a fight which would be interesting uh, you know so I don't know they, they, now that's the big buzz you know Dana White and Mayweather uh, working together in 2020 uh, is it for a, a Mayweather comeback or is it for a, a joint promotion promotion thing I, I think someone I saw someone post on social media that maybe it if it is a co-promotion maybe it is a uh, Clarissa Seals, uh, Clarissa, uh, Clarissa Shields bout against uh, one of Dana's UFC fighters. So that's kind of interesting to see uh, how how that plays out. And then uh, the other thing is uh, we have uh, the big fight this weekend between Ortiz. And the Bronze Bomber. Uh, I think it's a tough fight for the Bronze Bomber. As he uh, he was losing this the first fight against uh, against Ortiz uh, before he landed that big right hand. And uh, so, you know, Ortiz, his only loss is to the Bronze Bomber. 
So, uh, it's, it's, uh, sorry guys, I have another interruption. Uh, talking about that uh, Ortiz-Wilder fight. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it, it, it's a dangerous fight for Wilder, you know. Uh, or, or like I said, Ortiz, Ortiz was winning that first fight uh, before he got caught with that big right hand. Ortiz is no joke, you know. His, like I was saying earlier, there's only one loss is to Wilder, you know, and 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 he he was winning till he got caught. Uh, Ortiz is definitely the better boxer. He's definitely the better boxer. Uh, it's just whether or not he can keep from getting caught by that that big right hand of the bronze bomber. Uh, so I I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should should be a uh, if anything, an exciting fight. Uh, it's either going to be a good boxing. I I say it's either going to be a good boxing uh, show by Ortiz or just another exciting one punch knockout by by Wilder because Wilder's definitely not going to put on a, a a technical boxing show. That's for sure. Uh, but he does have uh, the fight signed already uh, with with uh, the Gypsy King but it's how much ex- you know if he if he loses uh, you know the the big excitement about that fight just w- won't be there so uh, you know some money lost there so it, it is a must win for him it is a must win for him uh, so so excited to see that uh, unfortunately uh, the big thing for me is because I am a big UNLV football Fan, they do have an afternoon game tomorrow, so my thing is, you know, and I do like I'm known to have a a drink or two, uh, is trying to trying to stay sober enough to to watch the fight uh, tomorrow night instead of passing out and then end up watching it on Sunday. But uh, either way, uh, gonna be an exciting fight. Uh, looking forward to it and talking about it on my next podcast. Hopefully, uh, you know. We'll have the next part. Well, yeah, the next podcast should be up on Tuesday as, as next week is Thanksgiving. So we want to get this one done, our next one done before Thanksgiving. So hopefully we have the coach back. Hopefully he's he's done with uh, with the transition of, of gyms and he can get back on, on, uh, on the air with me. Uh, like I said, guys, uh, please uh, rate. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, please share, tell your friends about it. Um, shoot, like I said, if you have any questions, any, any, you know, if I, anything I said during the, the podcast, if you have any, you know, anything you want to touch, touch up on or, or questions on, uh, please feel free to shoot us that email, uh, fisticpod at yahoo.com, uh, I said I would really like it if you guys started uh, would got involved get involved with us so please subscribe rate share tell your friends and uh, see you guys next week all right bye